You may be at a point in listening to New York Groove where you think, damn it, I opened up an episode from December. You didn't. You opened up the Super Bowl edition of New York Groove. And why are we playing Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree? There's a reason to this. The point is... This is my favorite holiday of the year. Not Christmas, not Easter, not the 4th of July, go USA and the Olympics. Not any of that going on. This is my favorite holiday of the year. It should be a federal holiday. I've said this for a while. The, day after, the, super, the Monday after should be, everyone should have off. I don't even, police officers, military, everybody should have off the day after the Super Bowl. It is the greatest holiday of the year. It's the best day of the year. I like to stay there more than my birthday. Honestly, more than my family's birthday, more than my birthday, more than loved one's birthday. This is the most important day of the year for me. Vince, am I, am I going over the top or no? No, the Super Bowl is absolutely amazing. It's I amazing. mean, the energy behind the Super Bowl, all the gambling, the food, it's just, it's, it's amazing. It's the perfect day it's it's filled with beer fat food gambling football what is what could be better honestly i maybe if they played college basketball from noon to 6 p.m i'd have a little more fun but even that like i could care i couldn't care less you have the biggest best football game and like people complain the super bowl lasts too long because it goes four or five hours because the halftime show and the commercials and yada yada they could play this game for 12 hours i'd have no issue with it it's football man there's only one sad day sad part of the super bowl and you know when you're a little kid and you look forward to Christmas for so long and so long and then Christmas finally gets there and then like towards 6 p.m. And then at night you're like, oh, damn, now I got to wait on 365 for Christmas. That's how I feel the, like the, when the fourth quarter starts. I'm like, oh, wait, no football till September. I can't. I'm going to have to gamble on badminton. Until so, like, I, I, what am I gonna do? Like, those are great bets, though. Those badminton. Yeah, hey, there's bets. a lot of value in badminton bets. A lot of value in badminton bets. Uh, two things things to get into. Also, we will ask Vince. We will do a deep dive on psychologist Vince Quinn <laughs> on whether or not I am a psychopath because there there the answer is yes. There is uh, very high potential on this this week. But first, Vince, uh, just breaking before we got into the sh- before we got into the show. The Sixers and the Nets, uh, my one of my hometown. I don't know if you can call it a hometown team. It's not really a hometown. Uh, your hometown team, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets, make a big splash trade. Basically, the two major pieces going back and forth are Ben Simmons to the Nets and James Harden to the Philadelphia 76ers. And something weird about this trade that I that I immediately thought, I think the Nets are the winner long term in this trade. But both right now are winners in this trade. The Sixers get what they want immediately in a a facilitator, a scorer, kind of a kind of guy they've been wanting Ben Simmons to be for a while, what they wanted Marco Fultz to be. They've always dreamt of having the uh, Embiid and scoring point guard relationship. It's why they've been involved in Damian Lillard rumors for years. They've always dreamt of this relationship. And now they finally kind of have it, right? The facilitating scorer, James Harden, will get his 30 to 40 shots per night. And you kind of have that relationship that you want to build. And it's going to cost the Sixers a lot. They're going to have to give Harden a max contract, which you fully expect him to do at this point, right? So he did opt in for one more year of his deal. He's getting like $46 million. But, and then, but they're probably going to have to re-up him for a five-year deal. In the they're they're going to be having that conversation. They're no going to have to. But yeah. regardless, right now, I believe it's a win-win for both teams. It gets the Sixers what they want going into the postseason, and I believe it's a good trade for the Nets. And a lot of people are hesitant to agree with that because they don't want to move on from a superstar like Harden. Here's the thing. Why did Ben Simmons struggle so much in Philadelphia? Why was he hated so much in Philadelphia? It's because Ben Simmons was not able to do what they needed out of him. He wasn't able to become a scorer like he should have. He wasn't able to become a shooter. He was ineffective from the free throw line. Offensively, that's not where his game was. But what does Ben Simmons do elite, elite, right? He's a six foot eight guard who can rebound like the best of the league, and he can defend like the best in the league. He doesn't need to be a facilitator with the Brooklyn Nets. He doesn't need to be a scorer with the Brooklyn Nets. Those things are taken care of by Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. You now allow on this Nets team for Ben Simmons to be the kind of player that he is elite at, right? You can now tell Ben Simmons, if you're Steve Nash, listen, 
all we need out of you, or even if you're Sean Marks, because Marks is making the trade. Apparently, Simmons already uh, spoke with Kevin Durant and Sean Marks. If you're Sean Marks, all you do is sit Ben Simmons down and say, "I, right, Ben, welcome to the team. All we need you to do, we need you to defend like an elite player like you are, and we need you to uh, rebound. That's all we need out of you. That's my poor Australian accent. It's, it Sean is Marks. poor. It's, it's definitely poor. poor. I'm not, again, me and Australia don't get along. We've went over this many times. Well, yes. <laughs> I really genuinely believe this is a good trade from a Nets perspective. Because that now, because we can't we can't argue Ben Simmons does have elite qualities to his game. He does, right? He, he even can move the ball pretty well. He can pass the ball pretty well. He just can't score. But you don't need that. That's not an issue. Scoring and assisting is not a problem on this team. You have that in Kyrie. You have that in Durant. And now you actually gain that in Seth Curry, who I believe is one of the more underrated players in all of basketball. In Seth Curry, it's weird too. Doc Rivers has a really long track record of trading away family members because you know Seth Curry's married to his daughter. And he's traded away his, his son-in-law. He's traded away his son many times in Austin Rivers. I don't know what's going on with Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers has no allegiance to anybody in the league. You can't really accuse him ever of nepotism. He doesn't have that in his blood. But I actually think it's a good trade because Josh Har- Joe Harris being out all year for the Nets uh, has been a little bit of a problem. They don't have that spot-up shooter in their lineup like they needed. Bringing in Seth Curry is great. If, jo- if Joe Harris can get back this year, now you leave two spot-up shooters in the corners where— Again, creates that classic basketball model that you love. Durant or Kyrie can crash down, and it leaves Seth Curry or Joe Harris out on the outside. Two extremely great shooters. And again, I think Seth Curry is an extremely underrated shooter in this league because his brother is the greatest three-point shooter of all time. But Seth Curry is still an amazing player. It's a great trade for the Nets. Also, the Nets giving up five first-round picks in the original Harden trade. Now you get two of those back. Now they may not be great picks, but one of them is a 2027 pick. I believe that pick is protected. But still, it's a first-round pick. If If it doesn't become a lottery pick... The Nets are going to have two first-round picks that year, and it'll be give them another chance to properly rebuild later on. Overall, I think it's one of those trades that, future-wise, it benefits the Nets. But presently, it benefits both teams equally, I believe. The Nets weren't gelling enough with Harden and Kyrie and Durant. They just weren't. They couldn't get on the court at the same time. The, the teams were 13-3 and when they both played, but again, they've been together for a year, and they've only played in 16 games together. I don't hate this move for either team. I don't. The money's equal on both sides. I think the Nets got better. The Sixers got better. If you're a Nets fan or a Sixers fan, you really can't complain about this move, can you? Well, as a, I'll say this. As a Sixers fan, nobody's complaining about getting rid of Ben Simmons. No, Not no, a no. soul. But don't, let, but don't let this trade, don't let your evaluation of this trade become emotional. Okay, like like actually evaluate from a basketball perspective because obviously no one likes Ben Simmons in Philadelphia. No one wants him here here anymore. He's become a nuisance to this team. I get all that. I understand it, but don't let the trade become emotional. That was the fear with the Sixers, right? Is they were going to say, "Screw you, get him out of here and get no value for him because we just want to get rid of him." But you can't let these kind of trades get emotional. And I'll tell you this: if there, I've I've been I've had a lot of opportunities during this show to try and get Vince to sell uh, a point portions of the company, use uh, portions of the Last Out Media to, for other expenses. I wanted him to buy an apartment in Manhattan. Didn't do that. I wanted to do a lot of things. We, I still think we should go on a trip to Dubai and cover cover something in Dubai. Okay, we could do that. Doesn't want to do any of those things. Eventually. Well, I, I have another idea, though. I think you should liquidate some of the company and buy seats to the Nets versus Nets at Sixers game in a few months. Oh, well, that is, that's a great purchase. I've got him on one of them. Oh, See? my God. No, it's going to be amazing. Electric. I can't tell you how big of a, of a party it already is. I already have people in, in my text, like friends that I text with go? all the time. No, that already bought tickets. And yeah. Ticketmaster is like shutting down because they're like, a, they're like $130 on StubHub right now, which I feel like is a bargain. I'm a big atmosphere guy when it comes to sports. Like, one of my bigger regrets on not going to a sporting event in my life is not going to the Maple Leafs Islanders game when John Tavares returned to Long Island. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the story of that. Basically, in a nutshell, 
John Tavares told the Islanders at a trade deadline, don't trade me, I'm re-signing here. And then when the offseason came, John Tavares signed a max deal in Toronto and left the Islanders to go to his hometown team. When he returned and the Maple Leafs played at Nassau Coliseum, it was a war zone. I mean, people were booing in warm-ups before he was even on the ice. And then when he got on the ice, people were throwing food on the ice, people were throwing... The game got delayed seven times oh because God. because stuff was thrown and people were throwing rubber snakes on the ice. At one point, someone threw a live snake on the ice. They got a live snake yeah, in the building, it, which is insane enough. Oh it, I don't think it was like a cobra or anything. It was like a little garden snake. Yeah, but people actually threw snakes on the ice because they're calling John Tavares a snake before leaving the team. Yeah. So I'm a, I and that's one of my and the, the tickets to that game were like like 130 bucks and I sincerely regret not going to that game to this day. But, and I'm not even an Islander fan. Just to not see that kind of atmosphere. I, I, that's what you live for, right? So this is something I'm strongly to consider because I they're going to destroy Ben Simmons, right? I mean, he didn't play this year. He in, intentionally sat out, didn't show up to training camp, and then came back so he'd get paid. That's going to be some kind of atmosphere, right? Even if you're a fan of both teams. Oh, it's going to be completely electric. Because Sixers fans already are an electric, like, very clued-in group of people, by the way. They're diehards when they go. So they know everything going on. They are going to be ready to go. Oh, my God. It's going to be great. So how do you evaluate this trade? uh, From a Sixers perspective, do you think it it obviously helps you in the short term, but in the long term, does it concern you a little bit as a Sixers fan? No, not even a little bit. Because think about this. You get James Harden, right? But the the pieces that the Sixers were worried about were Tyrese Maxey and Matisse Theibel. The fact that you didn't give up Maxey is is impressive to me because every... A mock trade that I saw out there involved Maxi in it. A lot of Nets fans were saying that's a guy that you have to come out of this with. Yeah. The fact that they didn't get him is a little weird to me. It must have been the, the, the draft picks must have been the kicker. It must have been one of those things where Marks said to the Sixers, you give me the draft picks and then we'll, we'll go back away from the Maxi stuff, but we want Maxi. That's got to be what it was, right? Yeah, because I mean, there were conversations in Philly about whether or not Maxi is untouchable. Like, that's how much, it, well, yeah. which is extreme, but that's how much people really like the guy. Because one, he is a really likable guy. Two, yeah. he's grown so much now that he's an expanded role with Simmons off the floor. And when you're thinking about making a move like this, you do want to have some balance of not giving up everything. So to keep a guy in your starting lineup, young, yeah. likeable, all that stuff, you didn't it's, lose it's a good that place much. I think, I think the Seth Curry loss is obviously the biggest loss because you lose a spot up shooter like that. But I don't think it's a huge, you didn't lose that much to get Harden in this. Uh, now, does, does any of Harden's previous play, postseason wise, crunch time play, does that? scare you off a little bit. It worries me a little bit, but the thing is, it's a nice balance, right? Because the problem is for the Sixers, you can't live with Embiid being clearly your best player. Yeah. You, you need to have somebody that's close, and you need somebody that can shoot the basketball late in the game. He still is your best player. He is, yeah. but he gets tired. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's too big, and he plays with too much energy, offense, and defense to carry the load late in the game. Like, every playoff series every year, that guy just gets tired. And, and it's not his fault at this point. He is really well-conditioned for his body, which took forever. Mm-hmm. But it's just, when you bring in a guy like Harden, where you can go late in the game, all right, James, do your thing, go to the line, hit threes, all that kind of stuff. Embiid can do that, but you don't need him to do it. So they needed the trade but from the net side when you're thinking about what this is going to do for them yeah complimentary piece it's just how willing is Simmons to not be a star because he's not a star anymore when he's going to this kind of role Agreed. right Agreed. You're, you're, you're a very complimentary but that might be best for him yes that might be best for he him. is a superstar role player yes that's who he needs to be but that's all the Nets needed that's that's why it's a benefit. That's why the trade can work out for the Nets also because that's all they needed on their team. They don't need a superstar. They don't need an impact player. They just need a guy that's going to quietly be a really solid player in their lineup. And they got that. They, I mean, if he comes back at full strength, that's what they have, right? So I still believe the Nets are the favorite in the East. 
I still don't think the Sixers are better than them, but boy, it's going to be one hell of a playoff series if they meet up with each other, right? Yeah, well, it's going to be the, the storylines right themselves. I mean, it's going to be absolute magic for the NBA if that happens. Uh, what I wonder about with Simmons specifically, though, it's just like, is he willing to be the role player? Because he's played like a role player, but he's always wanted to be a star. Mm-hmm. So when he's never evolved his game, he doesn't. He, he's he's not a nasty guy by any stretch. Obviously, a lot of this he's been called soft, and Bead's called him soft a bunch of times yeah. now through Twitter and all that. So like, is he willing to accept that he's just a role player and embrace that and and go to his strengths or is he still going to try to have the ball more and like how does that interaction work but if he settles in yeah it's a beautiful trade for the Nets there's a big game this weekend I don't know if you guys heard uh, Super Bowl Sunday is coming up <laughs> um, I want to break the game down with Vince uh, at the end of this we will have an interview with Ariel Epstein the prop queen out of Yahoo Sportsbook very fun interview we also have that posted on YouTube where you can check it out uh, Vince I don't know about you. When I handicap this game, I try to be the contrarian a lot of times. I kind of want to be that way when it comes to gambling. The sports books are smart, right? They know where people are going to lean, where the public's going to lean. They make money by the public losing on money, obviously. And more often than not, the public does lose. A lot of the public is on the Bengals here. You've seen the line fluctuate a lot. You've seen it move up, move down. A lot of the public is on the Bengals, and a lot of the Sharps are on the Rams, which is something you don't generally see with a favorite and underdog. A lot of times, the, the public is all over the favorite because they, they obviously see the favorite, and they and the underdog is the one that, that's uh, a little more of the sharp bet, if you would say. Weirdly enough, this is the first Super Bowl I can ever remember where the sharp bet is the favorite, and the underdog is the, is the, is the storyline everyone loves. I think that's the problem with the public and the problem with sports betting being legalized in a lot of the country. People love a cute storyline. And that's what the Cincinnati Bengals are. They are a cute, adorable storyline. Joe Burrow's been playing awesome. He's a fun guy to root for. And that's why people have become obsessed with the Bengals. But when I handicap this game and I look down and up and down this game, I don't see a single spot where the Rams don't beat the Bengals. I don't. The only spot that I can give you where the Rams are better than the Bengals, like definitively, well, not even definitively, but there's a, there's a conversation for it. It's a quarterback with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's right now playing better than Matt Stafford. I believe Joe Burrow's ceiling in the league is better than Matt Stafford's ceiling in the league. The problem is, right now in their careers, with Matt with, with Stafford's veteran status and the offense that he plays in, they're at least equal. If not, Stafford's a little better at this point in his career. There's not anywhere on the field where I'm not giving the Rams the advantage. And here's why. You saw how the Titan game went, right? The only what's the if I could ask you this, Vince, what's the only reason the Titans lost that football game? What's the main thing that sticks out to you on why the Titans lost that football game? Mm. Honestly, I don't even know at this point. To me, it's the play of Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. It's how, how bad Ryan Tannehill oh, was. He had right. four turnovers oh, in the game. Yeah. It was brutal. But the Titans had nine sacks in that game. They absolutely demolished the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know about you. I don't see Matt Stafford playing as bad as Ryan Tannehill did. I don't think on Matt Stafford's worst day he's as bad as Ryan Tannehill can be. And the Bengals, the, the defense of the Rams is going to be able to attack Joe Burrow as much. Here's the problem, Vince. Jamar Chase, the the elite receiver that the Bengals have, is not going to be able to get going in this game because of the coverage on Jalen Ramsey. When Jalen Ramsey is able to lock, and he's been like an underselling, he's, again, big contract, got traded over for a bunch of first-round picks. Jalen Ramsey still is an under-the-radar type player. Ever since he acted out in Jacksonville, he's been quiet, and he's been just a great player for the Rams. He shuts guys down. He eliminates guys off the field. If you have Jalen Ramsey out there going up against Jamar Chase, he's going to be able to eliminate him, and then who does Joe Burrow go for at that point? Who becomes his lockdown elite receiver that he's going to lean on a lot? He doesn't have one. 
And then you look at the offensive line of the Bengals. That is by far their weak point. And when you have three elite level pass rushers like the Rams have, I don't see how Burrow's going to have enough chances to be able to get rid of the ball, to be able to push the ball down the field, to be able to make plays and keep up with the Rams. And if I go to this, the Rams have, the Bengals defense has been okay lately, but the Rams have too many places where they can hit off of, right? Cooper Cup's been unbelievable. A really key player who will not be on the Rams next year, but is such an awesome player now is Odo Beckham Jr., who is conveniently acting a little more mature now that there's money on the table. I wonder what that has to do with. Van Jefferson has been awesome, right? Uh, Higby, we'll see if he can play, but not really sure. Akers has been a little bit of a guy that like, yeah, hasn't got a really good first game back, but since then has not been really that effective. But still, Defensive-wise, the Rams beat them, right? Quarterback-wise, if anything, it's even. Offensively, the Rams beat the, beat the Bengals. Coaching-wise, Zach Taylor comes from the Sean McVay coaching tree. Generally, statistically, throughout NFL history, the one who comes from the coaching tree struggles against the headmaster. So that's going to be a problem. I'm looking at all these things that I, that I, wrote, that I wrote down in general for, for, um, for this show just to put down my points, and I look at DVOA, right? Uh, which is basically, it's a ranking that they give... Um, that Pro Football Insiders gives teams based on the average around the rest of the league. So it's how you do based on how the rest of the average is, and it's continuously updating. So it's not one of the that's preseason. It's continuously updating as the weeks go on, right? DVOA ranks the teams compared, they, they rank the league, it's based on league average, right? Do you know um, the strength of schedule for the Rams this year? When it came to the, to the end, so this is including playoff games, it's including all 17 regular yeah. games. What was the strength of schedule for the Rams? It had to be pretty high for them. No, it was fifteenth. Really, it was average. Their strength schedule was not was not as high. Wow, with the NFC West, that's surprising. No, okay. actually, I, I'm I'm completely wrong. I'm, I'm an idiot. The Rams' strength of schedule was third. It okay. was really high. There we go. Right, the Bengals was fifteenth. So, uh, excuse my idiocy. The Bengals only played an average schedule throughout the entire year. They didn't have a lot of competition. And if you look at the division too. Coming into the year, you would have thought their schedule would have been more hard, right? Because you would have thought the Browns would be better. You would have thought the Steelers, the Steelers were just an average team at best. The Ravens fell off late because of the Lamar Jackson injury. Their, their division wound up being not very good, which, by the way, sneaky bet for next year. Fade the Bengals in an AFC North bet. Because everyone's going to be high on them because of Super Bowl appearance, stuff like that. Ravens, AFC North may be a really sneaky, great bet. I'll put a lot of value next year. But we're going into the Super Bowl, so I don't, wanna care. I don't really care about that. Um... The, the also the uh, the Rams right the right now are the third most efficient team in football right now D because they haven't been turning the ball over lately and you look at the way that the offense plays the way the offense is able to move the ball in the field Rams are third ranked efficiency where are the Bengals twentieth so I think it's a cute storyline with the Bengals a lot of people love the storyline they love to see the guy they love to bet on the guy that they like they like to root for right in 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 Joe Burrow. But when I watch this team, Vince, when I watch the way this game looks like it's going to lay out, when I analyze it as a football fan and not an emotional football fan, I don't see how the Bengals are going to are going to win this game. In fact, I think it's like a two touchdown game. I really do. How do you feel? Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. The whole argument for the Bengals is basically vibes and cigars. I mean, that's Literally. it. It's it's yeah. like, oh, Joe Burrow's a really cool guy, so let's let's all get on board here. I love that gif of him in the locker room with the cigar, like like celebrating and stuff like that. It's a really cool guy. I'd love to have a. Can he even legally have a beer? I'd love to have a beer with. With Joe Burrow, I'm not going to bet on him in this spot. I'm just not. No, and I've, had, I, I've, I've, I've done well fading him, covering in, in the playoffs so far. I really have. If you're a money line Joe Burrow guy, you've done great. I haven't had a problem with betting on Joe Burrow. I, I'm sorry, Vince. Like the storyline is. I'm not. A, I'm not an emotional gambler. I'm not going to bet on it storyline wise. I'm just not. You can't. If you want to root for it, fine. But yeah, when it comes to money and, and just actual belief and analysis of the game, you got to go with the Rams. I mean, the talent is just so much better. But then, why do you think the entire public? A lot of the public has gone towards Bengals. 
a lot of the public has been on the Bengals side so far, and I don't understand why. why do you think well, it's strictly yeah. emotional? It's it's vibes. It, it really is, because think about this, there's right? A lot, there's a lot it's, of bad betters out it's, there. It's vibes and energy. There's because a lot of bad betters out there, a lot. All the time. But here's here's why it is this way. Rams go to the Super Bowl in 2018, total duds, awful game, amazing offense, everything runs dry, they get killed, they put up three points. Well, by the way, a hidden thing, I didn't, I, we got to this in the aerial interview, but I didn't get to like really break it down with her. What an what an un, like we've been lucky with Super Bowls over the last fifteen years. What an awful Super Bowl that was. I mean, terrible. I, Broncos Seahawks was pretty bad too at MetLife, but at least <laughs> when they got blown out. But yeah. at least there were points scored. There was an opening play safety. Like at least that was fun. That was an awful Super Bowl. That Rams Patriots one. That was horrible. There was nothing fun except there was like Trey Wingo going, "Oh well, if you didn't like this game, you don't appreciate real football." That wasn't like, real football. That was horrible play. Yeah. And, and and also that was one of those games too where they were two top offenses coming into that game so people were expecting a lot of points the over under remains the highest ever over under in Super Bowl history it was 61 and a half going into that game <laughs> they scored what they 10 13 points. yeah like that it was, was an, it was 13 3 I think the final score yeah. was in that game 16 Ugh. total points that was an awful 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 football game everyone knew it too yeah everyone oh, casual diehard everybody knew that game was terrible and yet people love that game like uh, really? Well, because diehard football guys like to stand on their high horse, and be like, "Oh, it was great! A defensive, hard nosed, nineteen fifties tobacco in the lip football." I hated that game. Well, yeah, but that's it. that's the same Joe Burrow argument because for him, it, but it's a youthful thing rather than an old thing. It's oh, he's got all this energy and mm-hmm. the cigars and the great college season, and it's him and Jamar Chase and the college vibes there. So everybody wants to see that. Everybody always likes new shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's always about what's the new thing that we can get excited I about. Agree. So the Rams have been around for a while. They've gone all in before. Didn't win the Super Bowl before. So with all the time in between where they failed from when they started in 2018 and had that run, or really 2017, and all the times they've failed since, everybody's tired of them. Nobody believes in them. But you look at it, and this is a different team. I mean, the talent is just, it's the best they've ever had. How big is this for the legacy of McVay? Is it that big, or do you think he'll get to more now of time to redeem himself? He, he's going to get to more, but it's the status around him. I think on some level, uh, the fact that so many people got hired because they knew him, he's already become a running joke on some level. Yeah. It's going to get a lot worse if they lose this game. It's, there's there's it's, no question. It's a big legacy game for two people, though, For specifically, I believe. Uh, Matt Stafford. Oh, yes. This, uh, there's a debate out. Th- I think he's a shoe in Hall of Famer right now. I think if he retired tomorrow, uh, well, I hope he doesn't, but my Rams future bets would really take a struggle there. <laughs> if he retired tomorrow, he's a definite surefire Hall of Famer, in my opinion, but there still is a consensus debate out there on whether or not he's a Hall of Famer. If he wins this game, he's a lock for the Hall of Fame. Oh, it goes way up his stock. Yeah, his odds go way up. Now, Joe Burrow, here's the thing. If Joe Burrow wins this game, now in year two, he's halfway there to being a Hall of Famer. If you win two Super Bowls, you're a Hall of Famer. That's just how it works in the NFL. If he wins this game on Sunday, he's halfway there already. So it's, it is a big legacy game for both guys, but I do believe Joe Burrow is one of those guys that'll be back. Yeah, he's going to have plenty of time when they build like a really solidly built team around well, him, which they, they have done. They have a ton of cap space that like, their offseason is going to have to be dedicated solely towards rebuilding this offensive line. And people are going to want to play there. You have to figure if the money's just about even. Cincinnati before lost that argument every single time. Yeah. Now people are going to go, oh yeah, I'm going to play with this team. I want to see where it's they go. It's interesting because Cincinnati is definitely not a destination and that division is going to be tough. you got to think the Steelers will figure things out. The Browns are still really talented and the Ravens are really talented. I always look at when guys want to go to places divisional-wise, that's a really solid argument of how the path of resistance to getting to where they want to get to is really, really tough. That's why... That's my biggest argument on the Rodgers won't be won't be going to Denver argument because yes the roster is really good in Denver but does he want to go up against Herbert does he want to go up against Carr does he want to go up against Mahomes every single year twice a year that's the I think divisionally divisionally it's it's huge but the Bengals are an interesting spot 
They really are. Uh, from a New York perspective, really quick before we get into some more Super Bowl talk. If you're the Jets this offseason, do you entertain a trade offer from the Bengals for Mekhi Becton? Hasn't been able to get on the field a lot for the Jets, but has a lot of potential. Obviously, former third overall pick. Do you entertain a trade like that? Because it, you've seen what Mech with Becton. While he gets hurt a lot, he is an elite level left tackle, and the Bengals could really use something like that. If they're going to give you a haul for him, would you entertain it if you're the Jets? Yeah, you got to do it. If a lot of the stuff is he's not keeping himself in good enough shape, and so for a frame that big, he's having problems with injuries and rehab and all that stuff, yeah, that's, that's a big worry. That's a big question mark. I would look into it if I were the Jets, though, because they're going to they're gonna be looking for offensive linemen. That's going to be their big key for sure, and a, a few more weapons for sure. Uh, Vince, what kind of Super Bowl guy are you uh, watching the game? Uh, food-wise, first of all, are you, a, well, let's go to this first. Yes. It's the most important thing. Are you a big drinker in the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. You, you're big, so you're, you're kicking back eight, nine, ten beers. So yeah, you're, you're, I, I kind of remember the uh, the Patriots Falcons twenty eight to three. That's I've got like bits of it, you know. See, that's what's weird. I, while I do love my beer, I am not a big drinker in big moments kind of guy. I don't drink a lot of concerts. The concerts that I drink a lot of, are concerts they don't care about seeing. But if I really like the band, I don't drink a lot because I want to hear the music and I want to remember the night. Yeah. If I'm at a big sporting event, I don't drink a lot. I mean, I'll have a beer or two. Big big sporting moments where I'm nervous and I'm, I'm anxious and stuff like that. See, Ranger playoff games, I'm a big hockey guy, on edge completely, don't drink at all. Uh, Yankee playoff games, on edge, I'll maybe have a beer before the game if I'm out, that's it. It's a lot of water for me. Super Bowl is another one. It doesn't matter who's in the Super Bowl. On edge, I don't drink a lot of beer. I don't I don't know why I don't like it. Now, I'll drink more in a Super Bowl because I'll be with my friends and you're pre-gaming and stuff. But yeah. again, I'm not a huge drinker during this game. Maybe it has to do with the gambling. So you're not going to be, are you going to be a big gambler in this game or no? So I'm not going to be a big gambler. I do the prop bet stuff with the family. You will bet the game. Though. So, you kind of have to. Well, right? we, like, do, we do prop bets. So I like getting in on that. We throw in a couple of bucks with the party or with the family and, and we'll just have everybody submit digitally and we run through the list and boxes see what a couple no. of bucks. Uh, depending on the year, if they have boxes, I'll do it. I don't normally run it, but my girlfriend makes the prop bet list every year. So, like, I always have that. It's great. Taylor, you're big on the on betting the Super Bowl, obviously, right? Absolutely. Okay, so prop-wise, are you big on the props? Uh, Yeah, if if I see anything that has But you're looking value. for value-wise, right? You're yes. not just placing a bullcrap bet, right? Yeah. So I look at both. I like I like the fun bets, too, but I do look for value in more of the bets that I'm placing a heavier amount of money on. We had Ariel Epstein on, the prop queen, and I will tell She hated the fact that betting on heads or tails in the coin toss. That's one of my favorite bets of the night. <laughs> I love heads it's or tails. So she's so dumb. She's so right, though. She is. Oh, her analysis of it was, was right. She said, if you're betting those bets, you're a moron because you're just giving the casinos money. I don't care. I'm a heads guy though. I've always been a heads guy. Um, heads is heads is the pick too. Uh, but the, the, the listen, the math may say it's even. The science says it's heads this year. Um, it's been <laughs> heads is one math in, and science very exclusive. Heads by the way, is one in seven in the last eight Super Bowls, and I've been betting the Super Bowl for eight years now. Don't tell my mom that. The first time heads hit was last year, and I've consistently gone with it because the the first three years that I went with heads and it, it missed every single year. You get to the point where you're like, maybe I should start taking tails, but you know that the first year you take tails. It's going to go back to heads. Wait, wait, real quick, real quick. You made a bet in high school? No. Let the okay. silence speak for itself. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Good um, for you. Yeah, but um, I just want to like throw out there, this is a heads year. I, I don't know what, you can't be out there sticking with tails anymore. It, it, tails is seven and one over the last eight Super Bowls. This is it's time for heads to redeem itself. Okay. So coin toss wise is a big heads year. You're opinion. due for a run yeah. in that case. We're due for a run. We are in the heads community. I think we are. Taylor, you agree or no? No, that no, that's a dumb bet. Where do you? Uh, no, we'll get to the picks later on. Uh, prop wise, anything you look at so far where you're a little uh, a bit more, you lean towards the edge of. Uh, 
I like more. I agree with Ariel on this point. I don't like the overs and like yardage and stuff and, and like the weird like will this guy have an interception? But I do like the attempt ones. Uh, Joe Burrow's over in passing attempts. Now it's a little inflated at like thirty six and a half. I still kind of like that one. Uh, I liked Joe Burrow to throw an interception. That one's at like minus yeah, one twenty. I love that bet because he's going to throw the ball one. a lot. I mm. love that bet a lot. Um, Burrow's completion over I don't mind. She really liked uh, Van Jefferson's over 17 and a half longest reception. I kind of like that one too. Uh, overall though, anything that you're seeing that's like really sticking out to you? Uh, my main bet would be uh, Aaron Donald Super Bowl MVP. See, those ones are weird to me because you, especially a defensive player, you're going to need Aaron Donald to go off. That's the only way he wins that award is if he go, if he goes absolutely off. Here's I mean, a, it, it's not that hard to imagine. It's no, not, it's a great game to make that bet. It's, it's a great game to make the bet. I do agree with because of the defensive line, but here's one that I actually sneakily do really like too because here's the thing. If Matt Stafford throws two or three picks in this game, they could, they could, do you agree with this? The Rams could win this game with Matt Stafford still turning the ball over three to four times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they can still win this game, which means a receiver's going to have to have a big game. Now, Cooper Cup's not at great odds. The guy that I love the odds on for Super Bowl MVP, Odo Beckham Jr. At plus twenty seven hundred, yeah, those mean, are with, fantastic odds. With crazy odds like that, you can have multiple bets and still profit and still so. profit off of it. So that's that's a sneaky, really good one. Uh, food wise, Vince, uh, where do you how, how do you go with Super Bowl uh, wise? Yeah, so wings are a must. Yeah, definitely, Just, it is what it is. You got to get wings. Uh-huh. Uh, my mom likes to make a lot of different stuff. Great cook. So if I am with the family, we'll do like some sort of taco dip. Or uh, my girlfriend likes to make bread. She'll make sourdough bread, potato skins. So uh, potato skins are great, right? That's I mean, oh my god. Yeah, potato skins are amazing. And then you know, being a Philly guy, oftentimes you have a cheesesteak. What's your like what's that. your what's your go to beer? Go to beer. Well, being my go to beer is whiskey. Uh, so, really? Yeah. I'm not a whiskey guy. Interesting. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, I've I've been on a Scotch kick for on the past or, like or off the rocks. eight months. Uh, depends on the day. You're a warm whiskey kind of guy. I like, out of, I can out of the be. microwave. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's pretty, sometimes it's a little warm, and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. It's whiskey; it gets the job done. Wow, fascinating. I would not have taken you that way. But oh, I'm so an you're animal. Not, you're not a beer guy during the. Uh, I can be. It depends on what's around and what I'm up to. But you know, because that, that the was the complicated of, thing over the, the years. Beer of choice. Uh, beer of choice. I would say great one that you can have any occasion. Magic Hat Number Nine. Big fan of that. What the hell uh, is that? Have you never had that? No. What the hell is that? Oh, magic it's a, it's an ale. Have you ever had that? Yes. It, it's magic like, Hat Number you Nine. Absolutely seen it. You've had I've, I have no idea. Yeah, it's got like no a magical looking it. spiral. Is it, an, is it an IPA? Uh, no, it's some sort of like white ale or something. I, I forget what it, I what it technically IPA, is. Guys, so don't but like... no, it's definitely not an IPA. I'm, IPAs I can come or go with. I'm, I'm not, not an IPA. I'm, I'm not a big IPA person. I, I like generally IPAs. stouts, porters. This is hysterical. Love all that. that. Generally, when you when there's things that go on in public where you tell me, oh, you've definitely seen this before. And then I look at it, and you show me a picture of it. And I'll, generally, and most of the time, you'll say, "Oh yeah, I've seen that before." I have genuinely never seen this beer before. You've never seen Magic that on- Hat Number Nine. Who brews this? Magic Hat. That, that, but that can't be the original brewer. Like, who, who's the, who's yes. the big company that's, behind that's it? That's the co- well. They probably got bought out by somebody at some point. They're called the, the Magic Hat. Yeah. Who the, never, what the hell is this? You've never seen that on like a beer tab. It looks. No, I've never seen it. It looks tasty though. I love the bottle. I, I love the, the the lightness in the beer. Oh, I, I may have to try. So that. pale ale, yeah, it's it's a nice flavor to it. It's not overpowering. It's five percent, so it's not going to get you loaded. So if you're just having a nice couple of beers and hanging out, that's a great one. Another Where can one I find some of those? Uh, Magic Hat's generally around. I mean, it's not, not in my like supermarket. Yes, it is. It's not super. Well, you, no, yeah. you have to go. You have to go. What to odds like will a, you give me right now? We're in a betting season. No, you have to go to okay. like a liquor or a beer store. Yeah, you got to go place a little variety. If I go to my local beer store, Champs on Midland Avenue. If I go to Champs on Midland Avenue, where they have most beer, they should have it there. What, what yeah, odds? Absolutely. What I will videotape myself walking through the store to prove it to you, uh, Taylor. Right now, what odds will you give me? Minus 
250. What do you give me on the plus line? Because I'll go straight up with you right now. I really will. What? So you'll get minus 250. <laughs> uh, uh, that you're going to take the minus 50 odds. Yes. So I'm going to have to pay you out as a, as a favor. Yeah. As a dog, what are you going to give me? 300. You'll give me plus 300. They don't, yeah, I'm this, taking, this beer has been everywhere for like 10, 10 years. 10 bucks yeah. right now. 10 bucks right now. Yeah, sure. 10 bu- okay, cool. So ta- Can so, we call them? Yeah. Champs, uh, we absolutely can. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it right now. Um, because there's no way that this beer that, that they have. Like, I'm not like Vin. This beer's been everywhere for a decade plus. Yeah, yeah. Can we, yeah, are we gonna call the place and can we just pull them up on voice and call them and see if they've got it? Just ask and go. Hey, I just wanna. I'm just getting ready for the just, Super just Bowl. Put it, just put the speaker to the. Oh mic. yeah, yeah, that works. Oh yeah, since you already have it. Yeah, so just give them a call and see if they have Magic Hat number nine. We're gonna call them up right now. All right, because I think there's a guarantee at at plus three hundred that I'm gonna walk out of here with thirty bucks today. Hello. Hey, how are you? Um, my name is Brian McKeon. Um, I'm actually calling you from a radio station right now. I have a question. Do you guys have a beer called Magic Hat Number Nine in stock? Um, actually, let me check. Oh, she's checking. See, so already she doesn't think they even have it. It's not offhand, but that's okay. Plenty of time. I'm guaranteeing that she doesn't have this. I believe we don't, yeah. Yeah, see? Oh! Look at that. I thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, have You're a good day, welcome. all right? Have a good one. Yeah. You too. Look at that. Look at that. I'm walking out of here with 30 bucks today. <laughs> I'm a rich man. I'm going to place that on Aldo Beckham Jr. to win Super Bowl MVP. Uh, magic hat. I got to get my hands on this now because now I want to try it. It's um, good. It's a total, again, you could drink it for pretty much any occasion. I'm a phase guy when it comes to beer. So I went through a shock top phase when I was much younger. All around, right. Around eight, eight, uh, 21, 18, that's, 19, yeah, 21. That's, that's the age for that yeah, kind of stuff, um, especially. Then I yeah. went into Blue Moon for a little bit. I'm a yep. big Blue Moon, especially at a restaurant. Big Blue Moon kind of mm-hmm. guy. Love my Miller Lite. Um, big Coors Light guy, too. And Lately, my kick for the last year or two has been Molson, uh, Canadian. Really beer. huge Molson guy. I, well, I hockey guy. I, a... I, yeah, I guess that has a lot to do with it. I am a. Ma- I mean, Jeff Molson is the owner of the Montreal Canadiens, but I am a huge Molson. Look at that. No brewers in Staten Island. Can you even uh, Staten Island on the map? No one sells. What's, wait, what's what's your zip code? One oh three oh six. No one sells. What is this called? Magic poop number nine. No one sells this at all. You're, you're bringing up. But well, when you have drinking. some, it is a magic poop. Yeah, exactly. it comes out very smooth. I, that, I that's how this. they advertise. You poop smoother when you look drink at this. this I mean, uh, okay, there are. See, look at that one in mid. See, Midland Beach number one. Click on that. Click on that one right there. I, I'm saying this as if anyone can hear. Sunrise Gourmet Delicacy. They have it there because the right right in that same area is where Champs is where we just called, and it turns out Champs does not even have it. All right, so go to that place and drink m- number nine and let me know what you think. Right, to be fair, to. it's available at 15 different places on Staten Island. And I have no <laughs> idea what it is. And I have no idea what it is. And I don't think any of my friends do either because no one's had it. Yeah, try Magic it. Magic hat <laughs> no one's n- No. No one's tried it. Not, not a single one of my friends has any idea what it is. <laughs> this is, is insane. No. Mag- yeah, I know. What is it again? Magic penis number nine? Yes. That, that's I, that's it. And it's by uh, Sam Spence Steve Spence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vince, uh, when you watch this game, commercials, are they important to you when you see them? I give commercials a full opportunity early every year. And then you give up usually. If they're not any good, then I'll, I'll phase out. But if I'm getting enough good ones here and there, then I'll stick around and I'll watch the commercials. I'll Sometimes you, you get some good gems. I'll agree with you on that. Um, halftime show. That a must for you or no? I give that I give that time too. I like the halftime show. Will, like uh, Lady Gaga a couple of years ago, amazing. Am I a psychopath? Uh, I don't. My friend thinks I'm a psychopath. I don't eat right. during the Super Bowl. You don't eat. No, well, I eat. Really? I eat before it's the game. American of you. I, yeah, no, 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 no. Hold on. Slow down. I am as much of an American as George Washington. Well, it sure doesn't sound I, like I, it. I, no, it doesn't. I, I, 
enjoy eating all the junk food possible prior to the game. I don't like eating during the game. Why not? Because I'm so dialed in and so focused. I don't have time to look down at my plate. No, uh, mom, no nachos. Yeah, no, it's third and five. I don't have time for what it. What if somebody slowly like feeds you? And you just see that's the thing. Uh, oh, here we go. We've gone over this many times uh, in the course of this show. The odds, I think, the same odds Taylor gave me are going up more and more day by day on if I get married or not. Because we're <laughs> gonna have to find a gem of a woman to be able to deal with this. Wait, wait, can I hedge my bets onto that now? Yeah, you can. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> The odds of of finding a woman that's going to be able to shovel pulled pork down my gullet during a Super Bowl, very hard to find that person. I don't know if she exists. I really don't. She's going to be pushing your jaw up to chew. Like, it's going to be really I, here's sad. The, I can't not focus on the game. I can't. A commercials game, very important to me. My seconds or during halftime. So from 4 to 6.35, I'm shoveling food down yeah. my gullet and beer. <laughs> from from 6.35 to 8, first half, it's all Super Bowl. Half Halftime, I will get up, I will grab some more food, I will generally eat during the halftime performance because I don't really care what happens during that, and then third quarter, we're right back to dialing in on the game. Generally, I leave the Super Bowl party, uh, not party, event, I leave the Super Bowl event feeling a little hungry. Uh, Super, Super Bowl parties. Am I a psychopath for that then? Well, yeah. Are you showing up early then to eat, or do you like eat at home and no, then no, you go I somewhere? I show up early to wherever I'm going to eat. <laughs> so you show up early. You're like, all right, they're like, party starts at four, which means really four thirty. Yeah. You're there at four. Yeah. You're just like, before anybody even gets there. Well, here's and the thing. Too, it's, strate- you just it's, sit there. it's strategic too. There was one year where I brought potato skins to the party, and the person that one person that was there decided to take it upon themselves to eat like eight of them, and and that was a problem. I didn't get as many of them. If you get there early. You get the portion sizes that you want. And then if there's none left for the people to get there late, sorry, tough shit, get there Sucks earlier. Suck, yeah. Exactly. Um, so you eat during the game. Like during gameplay, you eat. Everyone eats. Okay. Who does? You are the lone exception to this rule. Everybody in the world is eating. Okay. I, there's probably a player on the sideline like, oh, no, no. Like, Shoveling nachos. Oh, somebody's doing it. Interesting. Uh, would you watch Super Bowl at a bar in public? At a bar, no. Yeah, I hate that. I could, I could not do it. I hate watching Super Bowl at a bar, and I also despise Super Bowl parties. Super Bowl parties are the worst thing ever because, and I'm not trying to sound sexist here, if there's a girl out there who likes sports, great. The girls who don't understand sports, that what does fourth down mean? No time for that. I, I, I have no patience for it. No time for that. I don't like that. I also can't stand the person who gets there early and sits in the prime seat when they don't really are a big sports fan. Those seats are reserved for big sports fans. I don't want to have to stand during the game unless I'm standing naturally because I'm a lunatic. Or I don't like to have to sit in front of the television at a bad angle. I don't like to have a bad angle watching the game. Okay? I want... Primo seat. Listen, I dedicate my entire year and hundreds of dollars on gambling this sport yearly and analyzing this sport yearly. I deserve a prime seat for the most important game of the year. Am I wrong? I, well, clearly you should just go to the casino sports book and be like, listen, I'm a valued customer here. I, I deserve your I finest. Am. I, I am. And listen, I, I don't like getting to a Super Bowl party and seeing the guy that's there that doesn't really like sp- the guy. The guy that's really social. Everyone hates this guy, at least in my group. The guy who's really social and likes to be at events, but doesn't really like football. Like, he'll sit there and watch it, but he's more about socializing that day, and you get there, and he's sitting in the prime seat of the couch. No, no, get the fuck up. I'm not having that guy sit down in my seat. You can watch the game from the dining room from a bad angle, because you don't really, you haven't invested your time this year. I've invested 12 hours every Sunday. I am unreachable, okay? You can't, you can't find me on the phone. You can't text me. You can't get in contact with me. My mom has said to me for years, if you get a job one day where, they require you to work on Sundays, right? And Super Bowl Sunday, you're working, and they only give you nine vacation days a year. What's the what's the answer? And I tell my mom every single time, 
The answer is I have eight vacation days that year. Super Bowl is a vacation day that I will yeah. take. I don't care what I do for a living. If I'm a heart surgeon and someone needs emergency heart surgery, sorry, it's Super Bowl 60. I, I have no op. There's no op. Super Bowl is the most important day of the year for me. More important than my birthday. More important than the year I get, I get married. It's the most important day of the year for me. Well, if you can do color commentary during the game. That's a major problem. Um, I'm not really into that career-wise. Uh, I don't, I'm not really a play-by-play guy or a color guy. I think I'd be decent at it, but I'm not big on that, so it wouldn't really be a problem for me. I, if, let's tell you this. If Last Out Media offered me millions of dollars to do a live podcast during the game, I'd politely decline. Oh, well, in that case, uh, I guess I'll hold on to that offer. Yeah, I would decline. Maybe next year. I, I have no desire to do any of that stuff. I, I want to be dialed. Like, I would watch the Super Bowl with you, Vince, because you're a football fan. I wouldn't have a problem with it. But... I, I wouldn't want to go to a Super Bowl party with you. I just don't like. I don't want to be approached by people. I don't <laughs> want to. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to be asked questions during the during the party. You know what I mean. Also, I don't want to be around people that I'm, fam- I'm not familiar with. Right. So we have Ariel Epstein on. Ariel Epstein. She's going to a bar for the first time to the game. She's a little worried about going to a bar for the first time. Right. If she would have invited me to the bar to watch the game, I'd say no. Not enough people know me there, and I act like a complete lunatic during these games. I don't want to be the guy that jumps up and screams, and people are like, "What? What? The, we need to call an ambulance for this guy." I don't want to be that guy. So uh, clearly, Vince, would you, do you think it'd be fun to watch a Super Bowl with me? Uh, I would actually just to watch you watching the Super Bowl would be fun. See, I would enjoy that. There's clips that my sister has on her phone uh, of me reacting to sporting events that are very damaging. That she's gonna that she says she's safe to show like my future children. Can she show us? No, but there's like there are Ranger goals. <laughs> we'll work on it, Taylor. Ranger we'll goals on it. where I'm jumping up and down like screaming. What plays that happen in a sporting event where it's not even my team involved? A bad call is made. I mean, the things that I will jump up and say and the way I will explain it and walk through the house. I'm basically talking to the dog about 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 why the ref called an offside there. How you can't make that call on that spot. It's a major problem for me. Is it, is it as bad as that one Steelers guy a couple of years ago that was going to yell, "I'm going to kill"? myself oh. <laughs> uh, maybe I just that equally I'll tell you what the, I, I, I have yet to do this in my life yet but there is a very uh, high possibility that at some point I break a television like very high it's, are you a thrower I uh, generally no. okay but there is a chance only because um TVs are generally kind of like the TV market is pretty solid right now. You can get a new TV for a decent price. And if I'm losing a lot of money on a game, there's a very good chance my phone goes flying out of this television. Is, this is when you buy TVs, by the way. Right this now. This is when the best TV my parents years ah. ago, My parents years ago, this is, we're talking years ago, right before the Giant Patriot first Super Bowl, the 2007 one, my parents bought a brand new 42-inch television because that was what was in style back then. And that was our new TV in our living room that looked massive to people. It was like an HD TV. It was great. 2007 Super Bowl, I believe. It was Giants, Patriots, the, the, the big upset. Uh, but yeah, Vince, uh, I, maybe I'm a psychopath. I, I can, I can uh, definitely I can, uh, are a psychopath. I can attest to that. But it's my favorite day of the year. Like, not even close. It's a great day. Not even close. Uh, you, you're not engaged yet, right? No. Um, would you put you the day that you get engaged over Super Bowl Sunday? I have to see how I do. I gotta, yeah. I gotta see how I perform. Uh, if, I mean, let's let's say the answer is yes. We hope the answer is yes. Yes. If the answer is yes, is it Super Bowl Sunday or is it the engagement? I you mean, can say it here. I don't think she. Well, listens. you know what the funny thing is. I will say this. Uh, we know that it's happening anyway. You know what I mean? Like, we've so already had conversations about it. So the day, the execution, I got to figure that out. The execution. But we know what's going to happen. Wedding day, what's more important? So uh, wedding day is easy. Okay, so. That's easy. No, That's a party for me. Eagles yeah, Super Bowl. That's easy. It's wedding day. No, no way. Wedding you're day. You're wrong here. Eagles Super Bowl over a wedding? Yeah, that's no, me. Taylor, I did that. Taylor, I did that. Taylor, wedding, your wedding or Eagles Super Bowl? 
Uh, it almost doesn't matter what my answer is because my girlfriend currently knows that I would rather do a sporting event than any relationship related. See, <laughs> this guy understands. He understands. You don't no, get I, it. I know what Vince. she's thinking. That's the difference. Vince, you don't understand. No, oh, I Taylor, understand. Taylor gets it. The Super Bowl is more important than your future wedding. More important than your engagement. More, more. See, I'm one of those guys like you don't get engaged at someone's wedding, right? You can't be that disrespectful, right? No. You don't get you don't propose to a girl on her birthday. No one likes that. You don't propose to a girl on Christmas. No one likes that. You don't propose to a girl on, on Super Bowl Sunday. Well, you don't do that either. No. No. But Super Bowl comes every year. Ideally, I'm not getting married every year. Well, I I, de- I mean, listen, there are situations where you could your lifestyle could support Getting married yearly, and I think you could pull that off if you really wanted to. I, I could be a Mormon. Yeah, exactly. I just uh, pile them on each listen, year. I know you only have one engagement, maybe two or three in your lifetime with the way the divorce rate is. I'm sorry, Vince. There is under no circumstance that you can consider the Super Bowl <laughs> not as important as your engagement. I just I just thought about a cringy Instagram catch. And, What's that? Uh, let's say Brady won again. Brady's not the only one that got a ring today. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I would despise that. Oh my. I mean, a, it's it's the hand a, on the chest. Immediate yes. unfollow. Yeah. It, it's a hand on the chest from the girl, and the Hard guy's eyes. eating nachos. Yeah, like it's it's I'm an ugly the, scene. I'm at the age where where I think my family knows that a big test for a relationship with me is having her watch a sporting event with me. Yeah, specifically the Super Bowl because she's gonna find out how much of a disgusting eater I can be, uh, how much of a gambler I can be, where my. But that's the problem. I'm a pretty decent guy when it comes to dating. Like I will not ever flip out on someone like I will on a game. Uh, I will I will say much worse things to a referee on a television who can't hear me. <laughs> Than I will ever say to my girlfriend. Yeah. Ever. I, I'm not. I'm not like that hot tempered of a guy when it comes to situations like that in life. It's really only sports that really make me flip out. So, I think she'd learn a lot about me in, in a moment like the Super Bowl and stuff. But to, uh, Vince, I gotta say, like, I think your priorities are not where they need to be in life. <laughs> I gotta tell my girlfriend. I'll be like, listen, I know we're gonna get married someday, and it's it's gonna be great. But Super Bowl Sunday. Do you remember Bengals Rams? Birth, like birth, <laughs> the birth of your first child, or, or Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> Depends on how the kid is. Ask me when they're ten. When would you need to? When would the child need to be conceived for them to be born around the time of the Super Bowl? Ooh, uh, what? Nine months before? Ten months? So we're before? talking June, uh, May. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, June, May. June, May. So the there's there you can bank if, you, if there's a gambling line out there of will Brian get laid in May or June? Just take no. <laughs> Because Brian, no. Brian's so like <laughs> thinking ahead. It's like, I, I, yeah, I, I, I can't do anything this month. Could you? Well, we did talk about this was a couple episodes ago. We did get into this a little bit. So a child on Super Bowl. Yeah, we, we, we did. did I don't remember we, talking. Yeah, about we this. did talk about that maybe a month ago. We talked about the planning of all of this. So we there has been some strategizing already. Brian. Yeah, I'm more of a of a sex in August kind of guy. There you, know, you go. Get it yeah. nice and sweaty. You know, maybe September, October, nice fall vibe. I'm cool with uh, Halloween, spooky sex. Everyone's involved with. I'm not re- <laughs> spooky sex S- that everyone's involved with. Super, is a great line. Super Bowl Sunday though. May June is not the time to get your stuff going. It's just not. Those are vasectomy months to me. <laughs> May and June. Post post Super Bowl sex? No. Uh, maybe. Wow. Okay. See? Now we're talking like an October baby, right? October, November baby? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Now, so you're talking baseball playoffs. Uh, I'm a Yankee fan. No, no. No no, no post Super Bowl sex. See, I, I, I genuinely mean this, okay? I'm not really an anxiety-ridden person. If I ever have to miss a, a Super Bowl Sunday, that gives me tremendous amounts of anxiety. 
tremendous amounts. I, 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 a football Sunday, I can't miss. A Super Bowl Sunday, there is nothing that could happen in the world. Like, I'm not kidding. In the world, nothing could happen to pry me away from a television on Super Bowl Sunday. I, 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 I'm going to my friend's house to watch the Super Bowl this year, right? And I've, I've pre-warned him. He already thinks I'm a lunatic because I'm showing up at 4. He's like, I think I'm going to have everyone over at 5. I'm like, I'll be there at 4. Yeah, I, see, there I'm, we go. I'm bringing food. I'm, I'm making food. I'm smoking pulled pork, which he'll very much enjoy. But I said, I will bring the food. I will bring the beer. I'm there at 4 o'clock. And he's like, oh, I guess you'll be there at four o'clock then. That's how he knows there's no stopping me. But I will say this. Um, when it comes to like, there's nothing that can prime away from television. I will have a backup television in the trunk of my car right outside his house. I will make sure I get a premium parking spot right outside of his house and a backup television. God forbid his TV craps out mid game. I'm sprinting outside, grabbing it, hooking it up. Boom. We have a replacement television. That is all thought of the, t Taylor. I'm, I'm being serious with you. There is not, nothing can happen on the planet that can keep me away from this game. N nobody. I, uh, Anna Kendrick could call me up and be like, let's go on a date right now. Nope. Sorry, Anna. I am <laughs> watching that game. I'll, I'll meet up with you at, 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 10 30 11 o'clock as soon as that game as soon as the final whistle goes off i'm at anna kendrick's place before that i'm sorry not happening i gotta see if i can get a cameo of anna kendrick asking you out on a date oh my <laughs> for God. super I mean, bowl that's, sunday that'd be so good i, I i'm a i, I love anna and anna kendrick's probably my favorite uh girl celebrity crush Ooh. Since we're talking like since high school i'm a big anna kendrick guy mike and dave need wedding dates one of my favorite movies of all time up there with uh, up there with uh What's the movie about Jesus? Where that that most famous movie of all time? Passion of the Christ. Passion yes, of the Christ. that movie to me. Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Where she's in a bikini a lot of the time. I gotta say, one of the great films ever written. Uh, the, just the the, the the lines in that movie, the scenes in that movie, the comedy in that movie, the fact that Anna Kendrick's involved in that movie with Aubrey Plaza, another one of, favorite, oh, one of my that's favorites. A good one. Um, that movie I put up there with Passion of the Christ, um, Da Vinci Code, Titanic, all the great movies, the movies that have been written. Da Vinci Code. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Taylor's expression when you said those. The Vinci Code. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, <laughs> true oh. grace. my personality gets pretty revealed in this show often. I just, I, I gotta say, Vince, like, there is just this day is so important to me, uh, and it's this day every year. It's repeating every year. It's so important to me. There is nothing that can keep me away from it. Yeah. It just means so much. Look, it's an amazing day. The energy behind it, because everybody knows what the day is. And even if you're not a football fan, you go in for that day. You know, everybody knows it's a big party. Everybody wants to hang out and have a good time. So, yeah. like, to get all of that energy together, amazing. So, uh, just to recap, okay? Backup television, a must. Food before the game, must. Yep. Try it. It's a must. Um, people, if you're with, at a Super Bowl party with me, don't ask me about football. If you don't know how football works, judge off my reaction, okay? Know that I bet the Rams, and if I go, oh, come on, gotta be better than that there, I'm all for it. You understand why something needed to happen in that spot. But don't ask me what happened. You're not getting that answer now. If you are concerned with how football works prior to the game, feel free to ask me as I'm shoving nachos down my gullet. You can ask me how fourth downs work. I will gladly answer the question. Once kickoff happens, no answer. You're not getting an. I'm not. I'm not answering those questions. We're not. We're not going to that right now. Uh, Super Bowl parties are a no. Bars for Super Bowl, no. Controlled environment is a must for the Super Bowl. Um, how much you're gambling will definitely change the viewpoint on the game. Uh, if you hit on. Also, another thing, Taylor. I don't know if you agree with this. I think you will though. Nobody cares about your box numbers. Nobody cares. Oh, God, okay? get out when of you here. It's like the same thing as a fantasy football team. When you walk into a Super Bowl party, don't be the guy that walks up to me and says, I got seven and four for this spot. You like those? I don't care, okay? If it hits, it hits. If it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit. If it hits, congratulations. Take that money. Go to Atlantic City. I don't care that you have seven and four or seven and three or nine and zero, okay? I don't. 
There's a lot of years where you think crazy numbers are awful numbers to have and they wind up being great numbers. I don't care. It's a complete game of odds. Nobody, am I wrong? Tell, no, uh, tell Irvin's, no. am I wrong? It, Nobody cares about your box. It's box just a casual better. Yeah. If you even want to call it that. And I, and I like placing the boxes. I, I, I will bet the boxes. I honestly will. I don't care though. Like I don't care what your number is. There's nothing behind it. No, that's it's just arbitrary. And people, just want, people just want to tell you because they want they want they want to root for something for themselves. If you only bet the boxes, you're a loser. Okay, bet on the game. Even if it's a ten dollars small like like line bet on the game, Rams minus four. That's the bet. Uh, I, I don't care what it is. I bet the over. Bet on someone to win Super Bowl MVP. Uh, dive into gambling a little more. Help the city of Las Vegas grow. I'm all for that. Um, any other musts for the Super Bowl events? Uh, do's or don'ts? Mm, I, I, you covered so much ground. Uh, for you, I would say generator. With, with the with See, the level of, of not a bad point, uh, not a bad point. Yes, uh, I got I got to consider that. See, we got to we got to get you a generator at some point. I actually looked into generators not that long ago. Uh, what's probably, a good What's a good one? Go. For? You could get an electric generator that you can plug in, and I feel what's like the you, point of that. Well, if the power goes out, to charge. Then, oh, it's, it's the char- charge oh, okay. beforehand. Yeah, I'm if the power goes out, then what's the point? Well, of part it? of it is portability. If you're doing stuff like outdoors and you want to have a generator, you can have that, and then you can recharge it, which is pretty sick. So okay. you can you can get stuff like that, and I feel like they're like 200 bucks or something. They're really? not that much. Yeah. yeah, that might be a decent so idea. Certain generators like that are pretty cheap. Um, but otherwise, I mean, yeah, you just want to make sure everything's good food wise, everything's properly cooked beforehand. Wings you're not making a, everything day up. Wings usually a must. I'd actually avoid pizza. Uh, pizzerias take longer to make the pizza, therefore the quality pizza is not going to be as good, and everybody can stuff pizza down their throat. So unless you have a massive amount of pies, pizza's not a good idea. Wings are a must. Potato skins, I think for me over the years, have grown into the category of must. Potato skins are a must. Great food. I mean, you it's, it, it's as American as any other food possible, right? You have cheese, potatoes, carbs, bacon. I mean, there is not much more of an American quality of food than there is there, right? No, it's it's amazing. Big Fucking glob of sour cream on oh, there. Oh, God. The, it's gross, which makes it amazing. Uh, oh, it's so good. Um, Beer, must for the Super Bowl. Any other foods that you consider a must besides wings and potato skins? Any other foods outside mozzarella of that? Mozzarella sticks can grow into that category. Mozzarella sticks a lot of times suck. Yeah, There's I agree with you. Dip. Chips and dip are, are yeah. a must usually. Chips I agree and dip. With that. Usually you get like some pretzels that you can, you know what I mean? I don't eat them all that much, but everybody likes How them. How many so. pounds should someone gain during the Super Bowl? Oh, at least three. At least three, correct? I'd agree with that. Yeah, three, three is pounds. definitely a must. Uh, show up time for a party. What time do you leave your house? Say the party is a half hour away. What time are you leaving your house to make sure you're there on time? Yeah, so I'm probably leaving at around 4.45. You're there at 5.15. Okay, Good time to warm up, have a drink or because two. Because, again, if the game's at 6.35, festivities are around 6. Do not leave your house around 6 to get there at 6.35. You're a loser if you do that. Yeah, you, you can't, can't miss, miss the game. Can't miss coin toss. By the way, heads this year, not a big deal. Uh, you have to... Uh, Big thing. We're just trying to get you ready. It's a Super Bowl checklist that we're just trying to get you ready for because you have to be ready for this kind of stuff. This is the most important day of the year, people. You can't you can't come up short here. Uh, Vince, anything else that you're thinking you're thinking about um, Super Bowl wise? Anything Again. else that you need Super Bowl wise? No, you know what? The most comfortable clothes that you have. Sweatpants. Sweatpants are yes. a must. I'm, don't I'm, dress I'm, up I'm, too I'm much. I'm okay with a football jersey. Uh, you can wear one of those. Uh, don't be the guy, by the way, that shows up in the cream orange Buccaneer jersey thinking like you're original and you're no one cares. Um, don't wear a jersey of the team. Don't start rooting for a team because you want to see them win because it's nice. If you bet the team and you're rooting for them, I'm all for it. Like I will be rooting. I'll be a Rams supporter. I'll be cheering for the Rams when they score. I'll be cheering for the Rams on a first down. I'm big on the Rams this game. But I don't want to hear, I'm rooting for the Bengals because I like that Burrow kid. No. Don't care. Also, don't be the family member, the, the old person in the family, that obnoxiously roots for the opposite team you're gambling on to be that person. Don't do that. 
Okay, um, my grandfather has gotten that trait at least recently, where everyone in the house is is betting on the Patriots in the Super Bowl, right? And we're all cheering when Brady does anything good, right? And then Grandpa, every time the other team does good, he goes, "Yeah, ha ha, yeah, yeah." No, don't be that guy. No one likes that guy. Is gambling a McKeon tradition? Uh, generally on the mother's side, yeah, my mother's side of the family. My my grandmother, my mom's mom. Uh, if anybody knows me or has met me in person or watches the video of our show, I have a blackjack tattoo on my forearm. Uh, this tattoo is for my grandmother. It's not about my love for blackjack, even though I do love blackjack. My grandmother loves to spend time in, time in casinos. My, I mean, you could leave my grandma. My grandmother goes on vacation with us every year. If there's a casino, we just drop her off there and leave her there. <laughs> my grandmother can sit at a slot machine with a cigarette in her hand and a cup of coffee for 12 hours throughout a day. <laughs> And just put a hundred dollar bill in there and just go. Okay. Now she's not a big gambler, a big blackjack player, but she does love cards and gambling like I do, and that's what this tattoo is in reference to. A lot of people think it's my in reference to me loving blackjack. It's really not that at all. It has a lot to do with my grandmother. Um, she loves to gamble though. Loves to gamble. Um, my grandfather, my grand, my grandmother's father, back in the day in Brooklyn, right? Uh, originally in like we're talking like nineteen forties and stuff like that, right? He was a bookmaker. Where he like collected bets from people back then in the 1940s and stuff when it was like extremely frowned upon and illegal and stuff like that. My uncles love to gamble. Now they've always done it legally. <laughs> yeah. So like I have gotten me into it. Have have really just just uh, I am a, an off. I am definitely from my family. You can it, like like I reek of of McKeon. You reek of a lot of things, but you know, I do. Uh, now we want to get to uh, picks for the game, so let's get to that. This is a longer episode uh, of of New York. I would say long. so, but but you know, it's Super Bowl week. You got to do what you got to do, right? Uh, John Jones, <laughs> Jerry Jones. There we go. Yeah, it's Jerry Jones. I think it's been made pretty obvious throughout these entire uh, podcast. I'm on the Rams. I got the Rams at minus three when it dropped briefly after championship weekend. I feel like a genius because I have it at that. I would take it at minus four. Don't go to four and a half. There's lines out there for four. Take it at four. Um, I, Vince, again, everything I explained, I just don't see how the Rams are losing this football game. I don't. Uh, they beat the Bengals in every single category. The Bengals are a cute story, but it's it's a Ram night for me. That's how it's going to go, Vince. Yeah, the talent's better. The matchups work really well for the Rams. They're just the better team. You got to go with it, and minus four is great. Do you have a lean on the over-under? So what is the line? For 48 the and a half. Now it's been up as 50 as high as possible. As high as it's been. Wow. Under. Under. Uh, Taylor. If I had to pick under, but I, I don't really love either The consensus side. out there has been under. That's why I'm kind of leaning over. Um, yeah. Taylor, game. How do you lean? Oh, yeah. Absolutely Rams. Absolutely. Right. I think yeah. I, I think but and it, I'm still confident in it because of the sharp bet has been uh, Rams. And the Bengals have been the cute underdog that everyone loves. But I am all over the Rams in this spot. I really am. Uh, that'll do for our picks. Now let's get to the prop queen uh, from Yahoo Sportsbook, Ariel Epstein. Joined now by Yahoo Sportsbook's Ariel Epstein. Joining us, the prop queen is her nickname, uh, or I guess her name in the industry as she goes by. Uh, Ariel, uh, thank you for joining me on the week of my favorite holiday of the year. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we're uh, we're thrilled to have you on. Um, I wanted to ask you originally just about the game. Um when it comes to props, correlation, I feel like, is key for a lot of people. You want to kind of match your bets up with the way that you think the game is going. So I'm going to start there with you. Where do you handicap this game? Where, where do you see your advantages? Who do you like the most in the spread overall? 
The team I like the most on the spread is the Rams. I'm laying the four with them. You can get four. Don't have to lay four and a half. Mm -hmm. Lay four. I like them because I'm going more with the winning the game in the trenches motto more than the team of destiny motto, which is what the Bengals have been. And of course, they are very good offensively. They can slice and dice you whatever way they want. Their offensive line is just so bad. You're going up against two of the best defensive players, two future Hall of Famers, Von Miller and Aaron Donald. They're both coming off opposite ends, and I just don't want to be on the side where they're attacking. Then you look to the Rams' offense. They also have so much talent, whether it's Odell Beckham Jr. or Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson. That's your X factor. And the Bengals have been really bad defensively in the middle of the field. It's why they rank fifth worst against tight ends. The Rams without their tight end Tyler Higby potentially is frustrating because Higby would have been one of my favorite prop plays. They still have Van Jefferson who can attack you with the deep ball across the field. With all of that said, that's why I like the Rams. Of course, they still scare me because they've been turnover prone in the past. The Bengals have been really good at making second half adjustments. I'm just going to go with what I feel is the better team, and that's the Rams all around. I agree with you wholeheartedly in this. I actually got the line at three briefly after the championship games ended. It went to three and a half, so I bought it down to three, which I feel like a genius right now. Um the, the, the Rams beat the Bengals in every single aspect uh, when you when you handicap a game, right? Coaching, it, it, I guess they're even at quarterback, I would say, because Matt Stafford's uh, like longevity and stuff. But overall, I see this game going a lot like the Titans game. And the Titans game, to me, lands more on the fact that Tannehill played horrible in that game. If you have competent quarterback play like we expect out of Stafford, I don't see how Joe Burrow is going to overcome nine sacks again. I don't see how it's possible. I also was looking back at the games where Joe Burrows faced defenses that are top 10 in sacks, meaning most sacks in defensive sacks wise. And Burrow has struggled in those spots, turning the ball over in all but one of those games. He's faced eight or seven different teams that are top 10 in defensive sacks. Six out of the seven, he's thrown a pick. His offensive line does not help him. And his when you have two players that one with Von Miller being a reigning super or a Super Bowl MVP and Aaron Donald being defensive player of the year, it's gonna be tough for him to get rid of the ball. And that's why you see him throwing picks. That's why he's averaging two hundred and fifty-eight passing yards in those seven games against those defenses that tend to sack quarterbacks a lot. Whereas you look to Matt Stafford, he's averaging just under 289 passing yards a game when playing at SoFi Stadium this year. And he's not going to be pressured too badly by this Bengals defense. If anything, the Bengals are going to have to do what they did against Kansas City, and that's just make big stops in the secondary. That's where the Rams struggle. The Rams really have a bad secondary, and if Joe Burrow gets the ball off, then he's golden. The problem is he has to get the ball off, and he also can't be sacked five times, which is what happened. He was sacked five times at least in six out of or in five of those seven games against those top defenses. And the only ones that didn't get to him those five times, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I feel like the only people that are on the Bengal, like the Bengals pick right now for the people who love the Bengals in this spot is kind of like the immature pick, in my opinion. It's the we love the storyline. It's a it's a cute storyline. It's it's this and that. It's back and forth. But. I'm just, I'm not looking at this game when it comes to a football, the way you just broke it down right there. When it comes to football, I'm not, I'm just, there's no, nothing that's going to convince me the Bengals are going to come out winning this game. I love the storyline. I love what they are. And I think they're going to be here to stay. 
but that doesn't mean that they're going to win this game necessarily. But again, uh, 2007, I would have told you the Patriots, uh, are, are, there's no chance of losing that game to the Giants. This is a weird game for sure. Um, so you, I, I take a sense you would agree. Since you handicapped the game that way, your props would more lean towards uh, Rams heavy offensive props, Bengals struggling defensive props. Before we get into the specific props, do you, if you're placing a lot of props, right? Like, like you're, I'm assuming you're a big prop person during the game. Are we? Uh, are you a person that tries to avoid a lot of correlation? Are you? You try to mix it in a little bit so you don't get killed one way because you don't want ninety ten in percentage wise either, right? You don't want to get slaughtered in this game. How do you? Uh, how do you approach this? I don't worry too much about correlation, especially in the Super Bowl. I'd rather break even on Super Bowl props than lose because I just bet everything on one side. I try to keep it pretty balanced. Now, the way that I approach it, which you'll see when we go deeper into the props, is I look to like Bengals kicker props or Rams total tackle props, longest reception props. I wrote an article for Yahoo Sports on Monday. In the article, it's the do's and don'ts of betting the Super Bowl. My biggest do's and don'ts, my biggest don't was... Don't just go and bet. First of all, don't just go and bet because the number looks good. That's terrible. You have to handicap it. (laughs) Second of all, I stay away from quarterback passing yards, rushing yards for running backs, and receiving yards for wide receivers. Those are the three main markets that the books know the back of their hand. If I'm going to go bet overs, which is the public side, the unders tend to be more of the sharp side. All the sharps that I know who are really good at betting sports, they tend to bet a lot of unders in the Super Bowl. Just I'm just fun. not a good unders better. I'm just not. And I'm yes, they call me prop queen, but I've been <laughs> betting overs the entire time that they've been calling me this and no one's given me any flack because it <laughs> I just don't bet overs on mainstream props. If you do, you're probably going to lose because the books are going to be looking at those three main props. Mm-hmm. I look at receiving yards props for tight ends and running backs. Two positions that no one really looks at receiving yards props for. When I look at quarterback props, I look at pass attempts. As long as the intent is there to throw the ball more, I'd rather look at pass attempts. I look to longest reception because these these secondaries are bad. I'm going to rely on Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, any of these deep threats. And I know Van Jefferson. I'm just saying deep threats in the league. Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson, I know he's on Minnesota. But I look for these deep threats for longest receptions more than I do for receiving yards just because when you have a situation like you're going to have this week with Jamar Chase up against one of the best corners in the league, Jalen Ramsey, I'm not going to try to bet against Jalen Ramsey an entire game based on quantity of receptions and receiving yards. I'm just looking for Jamar Chase to get open for one deep catch. That's all I'm Interesting. Uh, do you see any value in the MVP bets uh, for Super Bowl MVP? I know majority of the time it's just going to be quarterbacks a lot of the time. You get that rare occasion where someone stands out. Uh, one that I personally kind of, it might be a square play, so let me know if it is. Odell at plus 2,700. I just feel like the value's too big right there, and there's too much potential for him to go off in this game. But at the same time, I have a hard time not just taking Stafford, but the number's not good enough for me. The only team that I would bet any non-quarterback on would be the Rams. Mm -hmm. There's no way, unless Joe Burrow tears his ACL in the first quarter and throws three interceptions before that, that Joe Burrow doesn't win MVP if the Bengals win the Super Bowl. There's no way. Yeah, absolutely. Then you look to the Rams. You've got a quarterback in Matt Stafford who, yeah, I mean, he's a favorite for the reason to win the MVP. He still is very turnover prone. If he somehow turns the ball over twice, 
then you have someone else on this team that can get it. Now, if it's low scoring, maybe it's a defensive player. If it's high scoring, it's going to be most likely the player that scores two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Whether that's Odell Beckham Jr. or Cooper Cup, it's going to probably be one of those two if it's not Matt Stafford. The only way I see a defensive player winning this game is if it's um, like – I know Aaron Donald's the highest liability, one of them, for the Super Bowl. He's actually highest liability of all the Rams players for the books. It would have to be really low scoring, and the kickers would have to just have a field day like that 13-3 game the Rams played last time. I don't see that being the case. I don't see that. See, I see this being an under just because of the way that the total has moved, and I'm not betting the under because it's. I'm not one of those people that likes to bet Where's the fun in that? There's no fun in that in the Super Bowl, so no thank you. Yeah. This total is trending under, though, which makes me like the kicker props a lot. And if it is one of those games, then, yeah, sure, maybe defensively someone comes away with the MVP. But the way that the Bengals have played defense, I I mentioned this now for, what, five straight weeks because I'm a diehard Ravens fan, hence the Ravens helmet back here. (laughs) The Ravens had their third string quarterback in. This was the second game where the Bengals destroyed the Ravens because everyone on the Ravens was hurt and out with COVID. Mm-hmm. their backup quarterback, Tyler Huntley, was out with COVID. The Ravens had about three days to practice with their third-string quarterback, and he put up 21 points and threw for over 300 passing yards against the, this Bengals defense. And this was the second half of the season, not the first half. Even though the Bengals defense has been incredible at making second-half adjustments, which is how they beat the Chiefs somehow, they still have to now face this Rams offense, who has so many weapons. And that's why I just am not... I'm not so high on the Bengals. And also when you talk about these MVP races, yeah, I mean, I just don't see this being one of those defensively focused games the way that I did last year where I liked Devin White to win Super Bowl MVP at 100 to 1 because you had to stop Patrick Mahomes. And that was the key to winning the Super Bowl in my mind. Unfortunately, his quarterback's name is Tom Brady. <laughs> um, Ariel, uh, I don't, I haven't seen anywhere yet where you've revealed this pick. So if you're hesitant to be the first to reveal it on here, I do understand. But are you a heads or tails girl at the start of the game? No, no, it's actually in my do's and don'ts of betting don't the, bet the Super coin? Bowl. Do not bet the oh, coin where's toss. Where's the fun in that? You're getting even no. odds. How can you not bet here's the coin the toss? No, here's the thing. First of all, these books, these legal books are not giving you even odds. Most likely you're laying minus 103. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if they changed it, but most likely you're laying minus 103. You're better off going and taking a side bet with a friend saying 100 bucks, heads or tails, even money. If you're going to lay any juice on a 50-50, you are an idiot. You have to pay. And just for anyone who's new to betting, if it's minus 103, you have to pay $103 to win 100. Uh-huh. You could just pay your friend 100 bucks if you lose that coin toss. The Don't give the books though? the extra $3. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'm a big fan of the state of Nevada, okay? I'm just trying to help their economy out a little bit, all right? The extra $3 Ask is not Ask Josh Allen what he would do. I'm sure it's going to be a great bet for you. <laughs> Listen, say, and there's a problem too. I've always been a heads guy. I've 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 always been betting heads every. I've been betting the Super Bowl like eight years now. Don't tell my mom that. Uh, and I've always been I've been betting heads, and heads is like one in seven in the last eight years now. I've only won one year, and it was last year. So it's really bothering me a lot. So I have like a, I'm on a redemption tour. You know, Sunday's a big day for me when it comes to the coin toss. That's where my day starts off. I would rather play rock paper scissors. At least you have a. At least you have a one out of three chance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when we go to kicker props, then uh, are you on the McPherson side of things? Or you're on the Matt Gay side of things. Do you like the more points scored prop, or do you just like the over under and just kicks in general for one guy? 
I like McPherson props more. I did actually bet for both of these kickers to have a field goal of over 35 yards, which was even money, which I liked a lot. Matt Gay just doesn't kick deep field goals, but he has kicked at least a 35 yarder in all of his home games this year. So I do like the play. Um, the thing for longest reception prop, uh, longest for uh, longest kick was that it's 47 and a half yards and Gay doesn't really kick that far. It's McPherson that would have to do that. Just telling you for the heads up, you have to be willing to know that McPherson's going to be the one to most likely kick that. The prop that I like, though, is also the over one and a half field goals on McPherson. He's 12 for 12 in the playoffs this postseason. He's had three straight games of this in the playoffs. And when he's been inside of a stadium, like he will be at SoFi in an indoor stadium, mm-hmm. three out of the four this year, he's had at least two field goals. I like McPherson a lot. Do you uh, do you see any advantage in the Rams playing this game at SoFi? I don't. I don't think it's much of a home field advantage. The ticket prices are like six grand. I don't think the really passionate, loud, rowdy Rams fan is going to be able to even afford going to this game. I think it's going to be a pretty corporate crowd, especially in LA. Are you seeing any advantage for the Rams playing in their home stadium other than getting to sleep in their own bed? From a fan perspective, probably not. It's just more about the comfort. That's what any player, a lot of players will tell you. And granted, there are so many times where the crowd noise does help. Don't get me wrong. It's not the biggest home field advantage like if you were playing at Lambeau Field. Or maybe I guess people will argue that's not an advantage anymore. So I probably have to get rid of that reference. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's not like that for the Rams. It is comfort. You're you're still going to be using your same locker room. Even though the Bengals are the home team in the Super Bowl, the Rams still get to keep their locker room. They're going to have their same routine. It's not – even though the game's so big, for the Rams when they pull up, it feels like coming home. Whereas for the Bengals showing up, it's like we're at the Super Bowl. I just – see it being more of a mental factor than it is about the fan factor. Interesting. Um, For the QB props, uh, one hidden one that I kind of like, uh, That's uh, tell me if you like this or not, I, I don't think you're going to, but Joe Burrow to throw an interception is minus 130 on FanDuel right now. I kind of do yeah. like that because if they're going to be down in this game, they're going to be having to throw the ball, take a little more chances. And I think with the Bullhawk, like Jalen Ramsey being able to shut down Chase, that there's a better chance of an interception being being in this game. Do you like that prop? Is 130 a little too much for you to lay? How do you view that? No, I like it a lot. I mentioned this earlier. There's been the seven games where Bengals have faced the defense, top 10 in sacks, and he's thrown a pick in all but one of them. I really like it because he'll be pressured. He's going to have to force some throws because he's going to be pressured. Like you mentioned, going to target Jamar Chase, Jalen Ramsey right there. If he's pressured, has to throw off his back foot, and Jalen Ramsey catches that underthrown football, it could be him. It could be anybody. I mean, he's going to have to force throws at some point. He's an underdog for a reason. He's got a huge defensive front coming at him from two different sides with two players that would scare the crap out of me if I was quarterback. I can see him throwing an interception in minus 130 is definitely not too much for me to lay. The most... For me, I don't like to lay anything over minus 150. That's my threshold for prop betting. Interesting. Um, For the over-unders, um, you're not going to stay away from yards, which I actually agree with completely. Uh, and attempts, they're both kind of high here, 36 and a half. That, that is a little bit of juice to let out. The number's not too crazy, but I don't know. I don't know how I'm feeling about 36. They're both at 36 and a half I'm seeing. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I guess I like the Burrow one more than the Stafford one. But either either way, Ariel, I'm not ultra confident in how high these numbers are. Are you? I'm not confident in them either. I looked at them. I looked at them a lot. I saw Stafford's drop to 35 and a half at one point, and then it came back up to 36 and a half. 
if there's one trending down, it's Stafford. I could see it, though, because they just they announced that Daryl Henderson's going to be playing at running back. That means now you have three running backs in, in Los Angeles and you're a four point favorite. You get out to a two touchdown lead, which is what I think the line was. I think the prop was for a team to lead by 14 and a half at one point in the game. Interesting. If that's the case and the Rams who are favored are up by two touchdowns, you've got three running backs who can run the football really well. I could see Stafford having, or potentially just to try to avoid try to avoid turning the ball over. I could see Stafford starting to hand the ball off to someone who's maybe not Cam Akers because he does not help you with your turnover mm-hmm. case. As for Burrow, if he is going to play from behind, he would be the side I'd lean to the over more on for pass attempts. What about um, the longest pass completion? I'm seeing 39 and a half. I think th- that might be a good play on Stafford. Do you? Yeah, you could see that one definitely hitting against this Bengals team. The thing is that the Rams actually allow for... I have to pull it up actually real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, I did have the stats on the averages for both of these teams and their longest catches allowed. Um, So the Bengals allow an average of 37 yards for a longest catch. And the Rams allow an average of 30... Actually, it's about the same. They're both around 37. It's just the average is 37.2 for the Bengals and 36.9 for the Rams. So they both allow very close to a 40-yard catch per game. The thing is that I always say to people, the biggest way to... the the way people don't understand with handicapping these props and why you have to be successful or how you could be more successful betting them, you can't just bet how much someone's done it recently. You have to bet how much the defenses have allowed recently. If you can get those two to match, then you're solid. Any other QB ones that stick out to you before we get to the receivers? Uh, any other QB ones? No, you hit you hit on it. I like the interceptions. I thought maybe under on Burrow passing yards. I just, again, hate betting unders. And Joe Burrow has absolutely torched bad secondaries. If it wasn't for the Rams being the fourth worst secondary in the league when it comes to betting against or playing against wide receivers, I would have. I'd lean those for Burrow under passing yards. Just because of what I mentioned before, his averages um, when he's – uh, I can give you the averages. The averages are 258 when he is up against defenses, top 10 in sacks. And when he's on the road, the average is just under 248. Uh, Ariel, any receiver props you're looking towards here? Um, any longest reception ones you like? Most uh, um, most receptions? Is that, is that one that you're a little into more? Or uh, straight up touchdown props? Uh, what do you lean more towards? My favorite longest reception prop is the over 17 and a half yards on the longest reception by Rams wide receiver Van Jefferson. He's gone over this number in 13 of his last 15 games. The only reason that he didn't go over this in the NFC championship game was because he got hurt in the first half. He came back, played the entire second half. Every single ball that Matt Stafford threw at him was uncatchable. That's why I'm going to bet the over this week. He's my X factor for the Rams deep ball. Ooh, I like that a lot. Uh, touchdown props. Do you see any value in those? Because I was looking at the odds. They're not very good at all. I think Cooper Cups to score a touchdown is like minus 170 or something on those <laughs> books. Uh, unless there's like a hidden player here that's like a secret dog. Is there anyone that you like or are you not playing those? I usually don't play them. I do see some value in Odell Beckham Jr. I think he's in that two to one range. Otherwise, I would have bet Tyler Higby. He just hasn't been healthy. Maybe there's a long shot on the second string tight end. 
I don't typically bet those. I have a few friends that love them, a few people I rely on, and maybe I could use it in a same game parlay. I've been taking advantage more of those anytime touchdown props when doing a same game parlay, one game parlay, whichever book you're using. It's because they give out these promos for those $10 back on a parlay, win or lose. Mm -hmm. I'll throw a little bit on that. Uh, I stay away from those 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 profit boosts though. Uh, those are just to me that they're 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 screaming. Everyone take them, and and they know those things never hit for some reason. Like the books only put them out there because they know they're not going to hit. You know what I mean? Well, they're always parlays. Yeah. So that's why I'm going to take advantage of a risk free same game parlay that I could create for myself, as opposed to using the ones that they're essentially trying to throw at me to take. No, thank you. How much are you enjoying uh, legal sports betting in New York right now? You seem to be someone that would really uh, like that a lot. Oh, I love it. It makes my life so much easier. I was betting when I was living at my parents' place throughout COVID. I would drive to New Jersey 20 minutes and place my bets there. (laughs) Now that I get to just place them in the comfort of my own apartment in New York City, it's so nice. And taking advantage of live lines, too, is great. I loved that in week 18, I had this. It was the first week of live betting. Well, it was the first week of betting in New York. I said week 18, the best way to bet is that you knew that the Packers were going to start their starters and then they were going to bench them all by halftime. Go take the line, let the Packers score, let the live line move because they're all generated by a computer. Let the live line move on the Lions to 10, whatever it moved to, and then I grabbed the Lions live then. That's why it's so much fun to be able to go and live bet these things in New York and also be able to go and get a good number when it pops up. You couldn't do that if you had to drive 20 minutes to New Jersey. Exactly. Uh, You know, a lot of the offshore books don't have live lines at all. Not that I would have, not that I was ever gambling offshore prior to this anyway. But Ariel, uh, one last thing: uh, Super Bowl watching wise, um, are you a big Super Bowl party person? Are you a bar at a Super Bowl person? I, for one, I'm not. I don't like Super Bowl parties. I like to be focused, dialed in on the game. Uh, my friends call me a psycho because I won't even eat during the Super Bowl. I want to eat like two hours prior because during the game I want to be focused on everything that has to do with the game. I, I may have serious issues, but. I don't like bars for Super Bowl either. I don't want to be around people. I don't want I don't want the Super Bowl party. We got people that aren't paying attention to the game. I want if everyone's gonna be there, everyone focus on the game or don't be there at all. How, how do you how how is your viewing uh, Super Bowl experience go? This year is gonna be the first year that I'm watching the Super Bowl at a bar. Okay, I'm doing it because see when when you're a guy and I know this might come across sexist, but it's actually it's just realistic. When you're a guy, most of your friends are very into the Super Bowl. There's no side chatter aside for what's going on in the game. And I prefer that, as sexist as it may sound. Right. When not, you're not, a I don't girl, want to watch the Super Bowl to flirt. I want to watch it. That, that's not my social hour. That's my football no. hour. No. As a girl, it's painful. I mean, to sit there with friends, because the guys really don't mix with girls a lot, like when it comes to apartment parties. It's usually separated. Girls and boys watch separately. Mm-hmm. When you go to a bar, at least, you can intermingle with everybody and i'm gonna be at a bar with a couple of friends who are very into the game i made sure the bar has the broadcast on during the game then it turns to music and commercials i would rather be doing that with my friends so that they could side chatter and i could watch the game as opposed to being stuck in an apartment with three friends that are going to eat like carrots and ranch and like just (laughs) side chatter here and there and then ask me what's going on at least they can side chatter do what they want have some drinks and i can watch the game while i could also maybe find some people who care about the game in a big setting if you watch the game with people who aren't big sports fans too this is a perfect opportunity pregame to just explain how football works briefly to them don't you don't because you don't want to have to do it during the game right you don't want they ask anyway they ask anyway you don't want the big no one likes the big play 
that happens and the toe drag and the reviewing it and the and you're saying the word inconclusive and they got a bunch of people at the party like what does that mean what happened what I don't no, have worst, time for that the worst now is that people want to understand betting oh, and they God, think that the they're going to learn it in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. I it's, can't. It, it, the, That's not going to happen. I don't understand. You know what's... It, uh, call me ignorant. I don't understand how people don't comprehend like how, how basic things work in betting, like how over-unders work and stuff. You know how like when you ask someone, when someone asks you to explain it and uh, what does over mean and you go over 14 and a half, what does that mean? It's it, That's just numbers. That's not gambling. It's just over 14 and a half. It's not... Yeah, the totals, are, the totals and props seem easier to explain than spreads spreads are definitely complex for people and the payout part oh of it my god they can't uh, one last thing so now you're watching the super bowl at a bar this is an interesting scenario for you so if you get approached by a guy at a bar it's got to be a pretty big curveball for him when when you know more about the gambling lines than he does you know what i mean like i don't, I don't know how a guy's going to react to that when when because a lot of guys when it comes to girls they don't like to talk about the gambling at first because then it may be something wrong message and stuff like that but then when you start getting into the gambling and you're like, yeah, well, you know, I love Van Jefferson's uh, over over total. Uh, the reception went on. What is that going to, you know, that, that's an interesting, how do you approach that? I had that happen to me in the wild card round, I think it was. Okay. It was either wild card or divisional round where I was at a bar, the Ainsworth here in New York City, which is a great sports bar. I was watching and my friend was late to coming to meet me. So I was just kind of sitting there by myself with my drink in my hand and the guys next to me are watching. It was the Bucks game. Okay. And, oh, I know it was the, it was Bucks Eagles. Mm-hmm. I said, and I start clapping cause the Bucks went up by a million early and I'm just clapping away and Good. cheering you're, to you're myself. That, you're that psycho too. That could be by themselves. Yeah. Bar. By myself yeah. at the bar <laughs> clapping every time something good happens. That's like my side. So guys look over at me and they go, Oh, are you a, Bucks fan. I thought at first he was going to say, "Are you a Brady fan?" Because that's like the typical thing mm-hmm. to ask a girl. Yeah. No, he asked if I was a Bucks fan. I said no. <laughs> I laid the points with the Bucks, <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Immediate trigger, like. <laughs> yeah, and you can't say I bet the Bucks. You have to say the terminology. Oh yeah, yeah. Really throws them for a loop, and you go, "I laid the points with the Bucks." They go. Oh, what? Well, oh, I was going to Oh, you could start getting crazy with these guys. So I was going to lay the points, but I didn't like it. And then I was going to tease it down, too. But I, I, you do, you could just start going crazy with the terminology. You'll, you could throw so many guys for a loophole. It would actually be like a fun, like reality show kind of thing, right? You film these great. guys that they have no idea that you're going to start bringing this terminology up. And they're like, wait, what? They, it's like a it's like a freeze for them, right? Oh, 100%. It's hilarious. I love messing with people whenever I'm out and people don't understand or know, obviously, at first what I do. And Mm -hmm. then um, it's funny, too, because I have a ton of friends and my sister included who people now have been talking a lot about betting. A lot of their guy friends will talk about betting. My sister will say or my friends will say, oh, that's my friend Ariel. And then they'll text me and they'll say, what should I say back? And then I tell them what to say. Then they look like a genius until they eventually get caught. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Ariel Epstein is her name. The prop queen is what she goes by from Yahoo Sportsbook. Uh, Ariel, I really thank you for joining me uh, so much. Enjoy the game. OK, and please, let's go Rams. Let's go Rams. Thanks for having me and good luck. And some food for thought on the way out. Vince, did you know that there are approximately a third of America that will be tuned into the Super Bowl? It is by far the most watched television event of the year. Not even close. They're estimating about 90 to 120 million people will be watching the Super Bowl at any point during America as high as 200 million people. On that note, that'll do it. New York Groove.